And of course, as soon as the show starts, she's not on camera. You too. <laughs> what is up? What is up? What is up? Nina, the original party girl. What's going on with your sis? A whole lot of everything. You know, life, life, life is for the learning and the living. Yeah, I hear a whole lot of. I hear a whole lot of. I'm done. I'm regular now. <laughs> I love you, man. And I'm getting some feedback. You might need to turn something down. Maybe. I don't know. Testing. Microphone checker. Microphone One, checker. Two, checker. So look, real quick. I, I was going to talk for about 15 minutes because I didn't know that our guest was going to pop in the studio, but I see that she just has. But before we bring her in, um, you know, I try not to do the politics. You know, I try not to do the politics. And you know how I feel about that guy that's been occupying the space at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue in Washington, D.C. Um, Wednesday really hurt my heart, man. Wednesday really. Wednesday really hurt my heart. To see those people actually go in and and take over not just not just walk in and you know i mean like take over the capital was like i haven't felt that bad since 911 i really haven't felt that bad about this country since 911 and um as i'm sitting and watching some of this stuff um it took me back to the Black Lives Matter situation last year at the Capitol. And I just remember you had hordes of policemen and National Guard just standing on the steps just in case, you know, and to see how that turned out Wednesday, it, it, it sickened me to my stomach. It, it really did, man. I was like, I, I can't wait. Unfortunately, I, unfortunately, Nina, I honestly don't know if the inauguration should happen publicly. First of all, you have this pandemic going on, so there's no way you should have thousands of people out at the Capitol anyway, first and foremost. But I just feel like there's going to be something like a part two to what happened um, on last Wednesday. And I think that this one is going to be a lot worse or could possibly be a lot worse. Well, that's why I like us, because we're very different. Um, very I felt different. like it could have been staged. How else did they get away with it? But let the white people do what they do. Like black <laughs> people, we, we march. Let the white people go to who we are supposed to be holding accountable for this world that we live in. We're not going to do it. So let them go. Tear it up. They're not getting locked up. They can get their point across in there, a different way than there, we can. There has when I um when I heard about it, well when I checked on it yesterday, they were up to like close to 90 arrests that were actually made. You gotta realize the the technology of security that's surrounding that building, um, along with this whole facial recognition thing and just the fact that there were some people that were willing to say, Hey, I recognize that person, he's whatever, whatever, from wherever, whatever. They've arrested like 90 people already. Um, Who told and, and you that? The news. 
I saw it on the news yesterday. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, 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 you better go get the guess. <laughs> <laughs> Media got a way of making things look like they needed to make we our whole country is run on fear right now. Hey, fear, you're the, fear, fear. You're you're the media, Nina, so watch what you say about the media. <laughs> so the media is telling we you are the to media. research. Do say not believe one. half of what you see. Go research. Yeah. Um at this point, I'm not going to say that I don't care. Um, but to me, my, my main point that I was trying to make about it all was that Wednesday showed if, if people rationally or irrationally don't understand the difference between what black people have to deal with in this country and what white people have to deal with in this country after that, I'm sorry. I don't, I don't know what else we could possibly tell you because... We know how that situation would have turned out had that happened last year during the Black Lives Matter movement if we would have tried to infiltrate the Capitol. They might still be scraping up bodies <laughs> if that was us, but that's neither here nor there. It's just I, we can't get this guy out of the White House fast enough. And the fact that he's still technically owns the codes to all of the nuclear weapons, man. This dude could just wake up tomorrow and be like, eh. And just, he has way too much power and, and he's way too unstable up here for him to have that much power, especially, I mean, you have to sit, you have to consider, he hasn't done anything work-related since he lost the election in November. And you you know how people get when they get ready to quit their job or they know they get ready to be fired. They to, <laughs> it's a whole lot of stuff that can that can happen. You know what I mean? Like it's a whole lot of stuff that can happen. And I would hate to see I would hate to see Donald Trump's version of going postal. You see where I'm going with that? Did we just see it? Ah, uh, no, nah, I don't think that's wasn't it. that a piece of that? I don't think mm. I don't. It could be. But at any rate, politics over for the day, because that's something I could talk about for the next five hours. Um, I am very excited about this guest that we have today, and she's going to laugh when she gets on here. And Latoya, Latanya, I need you to come back. I don't see you now. I'm going to wait until she comes back up. But ah, there she is. She's sitting back down. So I've been trying to get this lady probably for about three years now. Um, and it just hasn't happened. We've just, I know she's, she's very busy and everything that she's doing, but um, I'm a Netflix junkie. And a few years ago, Nina, why are you? <laughs> well, I could be in the middle. It's messing with my alphabet. Right, I so to be in the middle. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. So I'm a Netflix junkie. And a couple of years ago, um, I came across this show called last chance university. Um, and we're going to explain exactly what Last Chance University is. But um, on seasons three and four, uh, they were they were they were going live from a, a community college in Independence, Kansas. I never knew that there was an Independence, Kansas until then. Um, and this this woman, man, she to me is the epitome of what every educator should be, especially when. You have young black men and young black women who 
have kind of been pushed through the education system in high school. And, and at some point, in order to, to get them to that next level, you need someone like this that can step in and actually care about the person and not just, in this case, the football player. You understand what I mean? Because black athletes, especially football and basketball, because those are like the money generators, um, they can tend to just get swept through the system sometimes. And it's like, okay, we don't care about what you do in the classroom. Just perform on the field, perform in the, in the, on the court. We'll do what we have to do to get you through that part. Just win us some games. And then when those games are over and that player can't make it to the NFL or can't make it to the NBA, then all of a sudden they're out there with no, no, no real education, no viable education. And it's kind of a, what do I do next? And, and this is, this, this woman, she kind of steps in and makes sure that they have a plan as to what they do next. So without further ado, we're going to bring in Miss Latanya. <laughs> Hello. Oh, wow. It All has right. been Thank you both for having me. Absolutely. I got to, I got to get myself out of fan mode for a second because uh, I, I'm a, I'm a real, I'm a real, okay. like I'm a real junkie when it comes to last chance university i've probably watched seasons one through five about 10 times honestly I've, I've probably watched them about 10 times um just because it seems like every time you you go back and you watch them over again you you see stuff um that you didn't really pick up on when you when you watched it previously but um mm -hmm. thank you so much we finally made this happen Yes, we've been working on it and working on it. And my, my thing is it's always on God's time. And, and who knows, um, you know, this, this may be the time that he, he meant for it to happen. But how are you, first and foremost? I am doing wonderfully well. I am living in Kennesaw, Georgia right now. Um, getting adjusted, adjusted to the traffic all over again. <laughs> I am um, a new yoga instructor. I am. I am. Healing, still recouping and claiming health from my craniotomy surgery from last year. Hmm. But I, I'm blessed. I'm here and I feel good. And how have you and your family been making out to, uh, during this pandemic health wise? Is everyone good or? Everybody's doing pretty good. For Christmas, we did family, a virtual family bingo. My sister made the bingo cards and we came together that way. Um, New Year's was pretty much the same way, respecting COVID. No one wants to get sick. No one wants to spread anything. So we're just very mindful of what's happening right now, not taking anything for granted at all. But real quick, I do want to shout out to my son, Nate Long. Uh, he's on Instagram at, at chickengeorge11. He will be going to the Army February 15th, and I'm excited for him. I'm excited. Hey, so wait a minute. Hey, man. You said at Chicken George, what? <laughs> I think I mean we were right. That's what I'm Chicken George. Right. I gotta go find this guy. Hold on. He's a he's a Chicken George underscore eleven, something like that. He's also an Omega. Yeah, so I'm I'm very proud of him. Okay, I'm I'm following him now. Tell him Mr. Antoine from Baltimore is following him as we speak. Okay, so um, 
this statement hit me hard when I read it. Not hit me hard in a bad way. I was like, yo, this is so powerful. Mm-hmm. I see the train wreck coming and I am the train. I love that statement. I love that attitude. Um, where is, is that something that's personal for you? It is. Okay. It is. It is. Um, okay. I see the train wreck coming. I'm standing out and I can see trouble happening. I can see trouble about to just explode. Mm. That's one thing you're outside looking in. However, as a teacher, I am your train. Mm. In order for your success, move me out the way. I move, but move me out the way. It's almost like a mountain, moving mountains. I am the mountain in the classroom. And if you do everything that you need to do as a student, you will move me out the way, God's will. So, um, how in the world did you make it to Little Independence, Kansas? From Atlanta, Georgia. Wow. Yes. So I decided I needed change in my life. I like change. I don't like, I like to evolve. And I thought, let me just apply for jobs everywhere and see what happens. I applied to the position um, in Independence Community College. They called me in for an interview. Two days later, I uh, they offered me the position. I accepted. And um, later, I began the moving process. Was it a, was it, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, a hard transition? Most definitely. I can imagine. I thank um, God for placing me in that position. Wonderful people from all across the world. How much of a culture shock was that for you? Or was it? No, it was. I'm from Chattanooga, Tennessee, so I was raised with diversity. I believe in diversity. Living in Atlanta for 17 years, it kind of excluded me from that a little bit, separated me from that. And moving to Kansas, it wasn't a hard transition for me. It was a culture shock because it was there were not many places that looked like me there mm. in the town. And I, I, um, I remember, I remember one scene, and I, I think it was from the the, the first episode. Um, they were out on the football field, and there was a bull <laughs> running loose with a guy trying to shoot the bull with a tranquilizer. And I, 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 I'm saying to myself now, and as I'm thinking about that, like that might not have been something you would have seen um, in Tennessee. Well, you might have seen it in Tennessee, but not not something just that common, just to be, you know, out of the blue having a bull running across the football field. <laughs> not at all. Uh, I've seen a cat. I've seen a few cows. Traffic. I've seen a few cows just taking a leisurely summer stroll, um, mm. but it was great. It was a great experience. It was a great experience. That's when my love for horses uh, really truly kicked in. It was a great experience. Uh, the funny thing is, here in Baltimore, we have a uh, <laughs> Nina's going to laugh when I say this. We have a, a, a main a main road in Baltimore City that basically connects East Baltimore to West Baltimore. It's called North Avenue. And there is a slaughterhouse um, located off of a side street off of North Avenue. And every now and then 
you may see a bull, bull or a cow or some kind of animal just literally running down the street. And and I'm gonna and I'm gonna give you a reference. You remember, I'm sure, um, the riots that we had here a couple of years ago um, after the Freddie Gray murder. Are you familiar with that, Latonya? Mm -hmm. yes. Okay, so that so yes. that area where CNN was is North Avenue. And that's like right in the mm -hmm. heart of West Baltimore, all the way to East Baltimore. And the slaughterhouse is right around the corner from where that CVS burned down. And you can see bulls every now and then just literally running down that street. That's almost like the equivalent of a, a Martin Luther King uh, Avenue or Martin Luther King Boulevard in some of the, the major cities. It's, it's funny. Mm -hmm. So um, I want to talk to you about a young man that, that really touched my spirit and my soul on this show and I could see that you really um, built a great relationship with my man, Bobby Bruce. And the relationship that I saw you guys build on that show was something that, that's like, it, it's almost like God placed you at Independence knowing that he was gonna be there and that he was gonna need you at some point. Um, talk a little bit about him and the relationship that you, you built with him. Bobby Bruce, the person, is a wonderful, outstanding, dynamic, smart individual. I know one day we were talking, I can't remember what we were talking about. He said, so Miss P, you can still have all these degrees and still be stupid. And it took me a second. I was like, Bobby, you're absolutely right. Absolutely. So I, I, I love the person that Bobby Bruce is. I love the person that Bobby Bruce is. He... I would say probably he was in a class of mine, maybe a semester or two before. And I, I spoke to him. He was a, an introvert in the classroom, not very outspoken at all. But it was something about him that drew me to him. Because I, I guess because kindred spirits, I'm an introvert, he's an introvert. Um, and I was just drawn to him for some reason. And when he took a couple of my classes and I began to know him, but began to have conversations about everything, I thought this this man right here, he's walking success, but he doesn't even realize it. Mm. And I wanted him to realize that. Mm. He, um, <clears throat> there was a time that you asked him to give three words about himself and he, he couldn't even give like three positive words, I should say. Um, but then you came back. I don't know if it was like the next episode, but you, you came back and you asked him and he and he was able to to like open up and express some things about himself. And I was like, I, I could see the growth and the influence that you were having on him just through um, that little bit of time. But I want you to um to like just briefly talk about your your feelings and your thoughts on the education of young black people especially um as i was saying earlier um those athletes that kind of get pushed through the system because even though and i'm gonna say and i'm gonna say this because the coaches always say the right thing they always say that we care mm -hmm. about you we want you to graduate and so on and so forth but i feel like underlying the main concern is the wins and losses on the football field because a lot of the times um, those coaches don't even have any kind of relationship 
with those players, with those men. I'll, I'll call them young men because this goes beyond the mm-hmm. player. They don't have a relationship with mm-hmm. those young men once they leave those those specific teams. So talk a little bit about just, you know, how, how you feel about the, the system and, and the way that young black athletes get pushed through. I'm trying to find the right words. It is it is upsetting to me. It, it makes no sense. A recruiter is a recruiter. And a recruiter would do exactly what a recruiter does. Recruit the best person, the best um, opportunity, what have you. A recruiter would do what a recruiter does. Uh, now, some coaches, they do build relationships. A lot of them don't. I've seen the highs. And I've seen the lows. When you are high as an athlete, the the world is yours. You're loved by your coach. Everything is given to you. You're admired by fans. And you're you're everything. And it feels good. However, if you fail in the classroom, if you injure yourself, if, if life happens and you can no longer play, and your mindset is, I'm only football, then you're stuck. You're stuck there. And you don't, most most athletes don't know how to get past that moment of being stuck. Moving on to those who are in college, who make it to college through an athletic scholarship, um, walk on Some of these students, I will say, may not have had the best education coming in. So if you was a big man in high school and you're weak in math and science and history, you failed that class, but you were recruited to be everything, trust and believe you will not be able to play. You will hit a state of depression and you will not know how to overcome it because the person that recruited you seven times out of 10 that person has moved on to the next one. I can't express enough. When you go to college, use that opportunity like you are on that field. They're using you on that field. You use that opportunity for your education and you be the best student that you can be, period. Because a lot of schools set us up to fail. And that is the truth. But you have to take the initiative upon yourself to have a strong work ethic. And don't work ethic in a classroom where transfer on the field and you make him get to be that 1.6% NFL player on a pro team. So do not your education for granted. If you choose not to go to college, that's okay, but have a trade, have something, something. While you're in college, and I know I'm probably bouncing all over the place right now because I'm just so passionate about this. Right. If you are in college, and you have no idea how to read your 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 transcript, sit down somewhere and have someone to teach you how to read your transcript. Mm-hmm. Don't, do not let a counselor or a coach take your opportunities from you for success. If they only put you in classes to for communication, psychology, sociology, these are great classes. These are great jobs for the community. But a lot of athletes you will not find majoring in business, math, or STEM. Why? Because you don't have time because of football. 
And that's okay. But I think time needs to be made for the setup for success. Because most men want to come out and make a decent salary. If you're making $33,000 a year, you're going to feel some sort of way. Yeah. And you may look back and think, wait a minute. I didn't have a great major to set me up for success. And I'm not discounting any majors. I'm just saying you want to set it for success. And if someone doesn't have that for you, you best have it for yourself. Hmm. <clears throat> I'll let you say the educational system in America is not always set up for our benefit. You were going to say something, Nina? No, I was oh. listening. I was agreeing. I was admitting <laughs> over here. Yeah, that look on your face. I thought you were getting ready to chime in. Um, and and for me, I, I agree ten thousand percent with with everything you said, Miss P. But it, it kind of unfortunately starts now in even the lower levels of education. Like um, and and, and I. I by, by no means am I picking on Bobby, but he's the one that just had those moments with me as far as his interactions with you that stood out the most with me throughout the two seasons of the show. Mm -hmm. And it, it just hurt me one day when you guys were talking about, um, I don't know if you guys were right, if you had them writing papers or something like this, but um, you had mentioned something about the period placement in a sentence and Bobby's words, and I'm going to kind of paraphrase it here. He was like, I don't really know where to put the periods. I just find little places to stick the dots in, so to speak. And when I, that immediately made me think about my son because my son hated English. And the one thing that I noticed about this younger generation is that they kind of write the way that they talk. And a lot, you know, I've, I've I've seen situations where students will put words like, okay, yo, or I'm finna do this or some kind of a slang term, like literally in their, their school work. So where do, where do you think the, 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 the responsibility lies? Because by, by the time they get to you and community college we should be able to structure sentences and know where to put a period we should know when you know our that that thought or that statement ends that the period is like okay that's the end of that thought on to the next one where where does that responsibility because this is something that's that's like common now and this isn't just something that started happening when last chance you came on this is something that i see on a very regular basis Right. And it's right. sad. It's really sad. It is it's a hard pill to swallow for me, uh, as an English instructor. It does start before high school. I don't know where the the breakdown is, maybe third grade, I'm not sure, where it begins to trickle down. Um it starts at home. Because again, that's where that initiative comes in at. So if you're if you're a junior high school, if your classroom, if your history teacher is not teaching you about certain parts of history that you may want to learn, you need to take the initiative, pick up a book, go to the library, Google some information from qualified sources, and learn on your own. Knowledge is everything. It starts at home, 
it starts with yourself. And school, well, school is we all know how the education system is. It can be better. But yeah, it does start way back. Read, 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 read a book. Let's start there. If you just pick up a book and read, it doesn't have to be a novel. It can be a graphic novel. It can be short stories. It can be poetry. Just pick up a book and read. And once you pick up this book, you'll see the, the flow of writing. You'll see how punctuation goes. And it'll help you understand. So when you get to the classroom, you may have questions, but because you've seen it before, it will help you understand it better once it's explained. Hmm. So it starts at home. It starts at home. That and was my doesn't next, help that you. Was yeah. That was, that, was gonna, at home. that was gonna be my next statement slash question. Like how how much of the the what happens at home? Um, because you know, we're here here in Baltimore, um, our public school system. I'm gonna be honest. It's probably one of one of the worst in the country at, at this point. Mm -hmm. um, I, I feel like um, I feel like our government has failed us um, as far as the 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 money that should be made available um, to our to our to our public school system. Um, I'm a project of, of Baltimore City Public Schools, and I believe Nina is as well, at least high school. I don't know what you did before you got to that. Those wildcats, Nina. But um, we're, we're both we both graduated from public schools. But um, I, it, it hurts me to the to this day when we're in school and our kids have to sit in the classroom with coats and hats on because the schools don't have heat. Or in the summertime, or even in the springtime, because now it's like as soon as the temperature gets around seventy-five or eighty degrees, the schools are too hot. So now the students have to get sent home. Um, they spend enough, or they get enough days off as it is, and to have to just miss that extra time because of you know something that's totally not under their control, I think I think it's sad. It's it's like where where do we? Who, who takes the responsibility and who picks up the ball and says we have to do better? Um, and here in Baltimore, we've had a lot of mayors that have said it's going to get better. And, you know, we we have we have casinos that have been built here in the city um, based on the fact or, or based on the lie. I should say that a lot of that money that was made by the casinos were going to get allocated to Baltimore City schools. And not to say that it hasn't happened, but I don't think it, I don't think it's happened nearly as much as it should, because there should be no way with a casino here that's generating over 30 million dollars a month that we should have schools with no no heat, and no air conditioning. It's, it's just crazy to me. Can I tap on to you? Be good, Nina. Latonya. Hi. So just to, to wrap my head around Twan's question, I feel like with the pandemic, we're now homeschooling. So I feel like the answer to your question with your, your politicians, that's us. We, we have to be diligent in following up on what we voted these people in to do. But in today's time, we're homeschooling. I, don't, I, I, I was always uncomfortable sitting in school for six, seven hours a day. It's not set up for that. It's that's to get us prepared to go into work for eight and nine hours mm -hmm. today. 
But as far as what we were presented educationally, a lot of that didn't belong to us. A lot of that was untruth. Um, and I feel like we have a better opportunity to school our children now while we have them at home using alternate and diverse methods of getting them the lesson where it's different in the classroom. I can actually take you outside in the backyard and we can do gym. Or I can take you here exactly. and I can show you the monument of where this started. So do you feel, Latanya, that this is a is an opportunity for that we can use because we're homeschooling our children? Almost definitely. Uh, let me add to that. When Booker T. Washington started Tuskegee University, they did not have all the technology and resources that we have. But those young men and women got it done. They got their education. They built, they, they literally physically built onto that school. They wanted more for themselves. They wanted more for their community with the limited resources they had. And they made it work. And they were, I'm, I'm going to say geniuses with limited resources. So I can't see some of the things that we're saying now as we don't have this, we don't have that, when they didn't have nothing. And, and we have Tuskegee University from them. So you take whatever you have and you make that lemonade with it and you drink it because it's going to be good. So yes, well, we're virtually learning. Well, let me say, if I don't know how to write well, if I don't know how to speak well, and Lord knows my truth is, I, Matt and I are not friends. But if I am not sufficient in these areas, how can I help my child? Because all of that's going to be foreign. If I don't read well, all of this is going to be foreign. So how can I help my child? What do I do? You go out and look for resources. What if the, what if the resources are too expensive? That's where, that's where you're stuck. You ask for help. And I'm sure Bart. someone can help. Exactly. Exactly. You're good. Twan's good in math. Yeah. You're good in English. I'm good in science. So we have a community that we need to tap into. Exactly. Right. Exactly. I, I work with uh, in the huddle and we have a tutoring agency um, or, a tutoring, or a tutoring agency that we're trying to get off the ground to help with these situations. Uh, because I, I just can't, I don't buy too many excuses when it comes to our education at all. I just don't. Give me a chalkboard in, a, in an empty classroom and some desk or crap, some pallets. I will make that work. You're going to learn today. Right, you're going to learn today. today. You're going to learn today. <laughs> today. So I don't do all the excuses with, we don't have this. Make it work. Be resourceful. That's what you're supposed to do. Yeah. Use your energy outward. And Nina, so can I back up? That's it. Okay. So like Twan usually gets very excited to see the guest as soon as they come on and he just starts talking. So for some people that don't have the whole picture of you, would you mind yes. introducing yourself? We could do it, but we're going to miss something that we don't know that you do. So if you had the best introduction <laughs> of yourself ever, what would it be? I'm going to start letting oh you do that first. I, <laughs> I know it's funny when people ask that question. It's like, who am I? Who is Natanya? Who are you? Who I are am, you? Who am I? <laughs> well, my name is Natanya Pinkert. Uh, 
the world knows me, or some of, a lot of people in the world knows me as Miss E. I am a Southern woman. I am, um, I am kind. I'm compassionate. I listen to people. I, I, I love love. I'm not afraid to show it. <laughs> I love my peace. And when people are stressed out, now that I know how to incorporate yoga and breathing and meditation, I try to help people overcome certain challenges that they may have. Um, through the practice of yoga, I believe in meditation. I believe in prayer. I believe in God. I'm, uh, I love Jesus Christ, my Savior. I love to travel. Like I said, do not put me in a box because I will climb out. I do not like to be put in a box at all. Um, I'm just a well-rounded individual. Mother, daughter, so as as sister. Aunt. Oh, associate professor of English. So are you an actress because you're on the show or because that's a, a real show? You're not. Well, let me tell you about that. Well, is it some acting to it? Let me tell you. So my son, again, his name is Chicken George. They, they reminded me a few years ago. They were like, Mama, do you remember when you did the one, one man show of the Atlantic Slave Trade? I said, what? I did that? They were like, yeah, we were probably three or four years old. So I want to say it's stuck my kids for three or four years old. When I did the one woman show and acted out a lot from the United States slave trade. So from there, uh, a friend and I, we co-wrote and directed a play in junior high school. Her name is Jindera uh, Mavo. And from there, I was in about four plays under the direction of Karen Carpenter. She's an off-Broadway director. I did that. How I was discovered on the show because again, I am not no not type of person, and I have my wig drove. And so I would wear my wigs. I would have my high heels on, going to class because that's just who I am too. And when the next when Netflix came to, I'm sorry. You had a little natural puff, I think, on on part of the show. Oh, <laughs> there's no telling. <laughs> but I love my afro. I love my afro. Um, yeah, you had quite a few different hairstyles on those two seasons. Yes. <laughs> That's what women did. That's what I call it my wig bro. <laughs> exactly. Love change. <laughs> but um, my apartment manager, she asked the, the director or the producer, have you, have you met Miss Pete? And it started there. I had no clue they were there. I really hadn't watched the series before because I'm just focused on getting my students to the next level and making sure that everybody's okay. So from I think after she asked that, a couple of days later, Emmett came to me and said, Miss P, they're looking for you. And I'm like, who's looking for me? He said, Netflix. And I said, oh, okay. And I just walked on away. I didn't think anything about it. A couple of days later, they came to my office and they were like, do you mind if we follow you for the next few weeks? And they, I said, follow me, what do you mean? And you know, we'll come to a few of your classes, we'll come to your home, we'll have interviews. So they explained the process and it would be over the course of 16 weeks, they followed me. And here I am. Now, because I am an introvert, was it stressful? Yes. And I thought, 
my God, shine through. I'm, I hope I make an impact on somebody. But I didn't know it was going to be this. That much, yeah. What did they see? What, why are you different? What did Netflix see that they liked? Or what's different about your teaching style that made you a good candidate for this production? Well, because I am no nonsense, right? Yeah. <laughs> because I am no nonsense. Because I, I, I don't sugarcoat. I tell the truth. No, no sugarcoating. I, because why, why lie? Why do that? My teaching mm -hmm. style is more of a boot camp style because I understand that you probably come from a place where you didn't learn how to write. You didn't learn how to to speak well. You didn't learn certain things you should have learned. So I don't have time to sit in this classroom and talk about my cats, dogs, and kittens. I, I, I need to teach you because I'm on borrowed time. Now, for those instructors that do have the leisure and luxury to talk um, about certain things, wonderful. You're creating an environment in the classroom that you know we can share our life story. And I really didn't share my life too much with many of my students because I'm trying to get you to another place. I'm trying to catch you up. So I don't have time to have this conversation with you about my cats or kittens. Um, I would tell, and I would sit with all my students one on one. No one could hide from me. No one could hide from me. Every I sat with each of my students as often as I could. Because even if you try to get someone to write your paper and it come back to me, I'm like, you didn't write this. I know how you write. And for me to be able to say that about each of my students, you can't hide from me. And I use that power to create successful individuals in that 15-week time frame. Yeah. So to answer your question, Nina, yes, he does have some actress background. But that show was 100% Miss P. That, I believe that that was 100% reality from what I've seen of her on that show. I don't think that there was any, you know, nothing scripted, nothing. There no they don't create any yeah. situation no. for you to jump No, not at all. And, okay. and you mentioned, no, you, mentioned, you, mentioned all. you mentioned Emmett, and Emmett was also one of those polarizing um, young men. But I want you... This is this will be my last question about the show because I could sit here and talk to you about last chance you for five hours, but this is going to be my last my last question about the show, and I want you to be a hundred percent honest, and I want you to tell me how you felt about the coach. How you felt about <laughs> I was like, uh oh. <laughs> so, so, and before you answer, so, so hold on. So, before you answer that question, <laughs> before you answer that question, Miss P, let me kind of paint this picture of of the coach okay. to Nina because Nina hasn't seen the show. So, on purpose, no disrespect. I try not to watch it. I'll watch it after, after but I yeah, want to get so, that fresh approach, that organic so, thing from you. Right. So, okay. so Coach Coach Brown is a white guy that grew up as the only white guy in Compton, California, or in his neighborhood from Compton, California. Um, he has a very, 
I can't even find a word to use. It's your has, show. You can say has, any word. He has, he has a very unique, you can take a person out the hood, but you can't take the hood out of a person style of okay. coaching. And um, you might, if you don't like to hear obscenities, you probably don't need to watch <laughs> this show at all because the F-bombs drop the way the word the drops when we are when we're talking about them you know when we're just having normal conversation um me personally i love the passion that he has but i don't agree with the way that he comes off at that show and it honestly didn't surprise me when i heard afterwards that he had actually been removed because of something else that didn't have anything to do with the show, but Miss P, I want, I want, I want to hear your, your thoughts on the coach, and I want you to be honest, as I know you will. <laughs> well, I, you know, when I first met Coach Brown, I thought, okay, he's pretty cool, and mm -hmm. I heard the voice before I saw the man, and I thought he was a black man as well, and then when I saw him, I'm like, oh, okay, hey, Bobby Bruce. <laughs> Right. Okay. 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 Um, I will not take the fact away that he's a great recruiter. He's an outstanding recruiter. Absolutely. He brought in some great talent, um, and he got them on the right track. Sit in the front of your classroom. Um, do your work. Take your hoods off. So he instilled in them some behaviors that they may not have done in high school or before. He he motivated them and provided them with the, the passion they needed to succeed on the field and gave them a little bit of what drive to do great in the classroom. So I will not take that away from Coach Brown. However, how he communicated with a lot of the students, I felt was subpar. Um, I was offended when he said, I, I forgot exactly how he said it, um, I know how to relate to him. I, again, I forgot how he said it. And I thought, if then I used to talk to people of color, this is how you relate to us? By talking obscenities and, and, and cursing at us all the time? Is this how you talk to us? That, I was offended by that comment. If he um, wasn't white, would you have been? If he wasn't white, would you have been? Yes, yeah. very much so. Yeah. This right here transcends color. It's about character. It's about character and the quality of the human being a person is. And I probably would have been even more offended if it was a black coach talking to us that way. Mm -hmm. Why are you? Why? There's no need to. Is that necessary? So, so do you think that the black men that he had on the coaching staff, um, do you think that they kind of could, they maybe could have stepped in and at times been like, yo, coach, you know, um, this isn't the way that you should be talking to uh, our young men. And, and don't, and, and let's make this clear, Miss P. He didn't just talk to the black players like that. He talked to all of the players like that. I don't want us to make right. it seem like, you know, this was just him going at the black. We talked to the white players like that as well. But because that team was predominantly black, 
Um, this mm -hmm. is just the way that you know that that we're saying it. But do you think that um, I, because I, I believe one of the coaches was his best friend, but he had other black coaches there. Do you think that there should have been a time when they, as as men and as his friends, should have probably stepped in and been like, maybe we need to tone things down a little bit, even though he probably would have cussed them out too, if not fired them. But do you think that they should have at least kind of stepped in and intervened on that? You know, I don't know if they did or did not. I, I have no clue. I would hope they did. Um, the one time that we probably saw that happen, we saw the fight on the field. Hmm. Which time? Yeah. I'm sorry. I said which time? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I can't remember that coach's name, but there was an altercation on the field between Coach Brown oh, and another coach. Yeah, the, the wide receiver coach. I, I know you're talking about the older guy with the, the ball head. I know you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know if they tried to pull him to the side and he went Trump on him, didn't listen. I have no idea. I don't know. Now, I, I, I saw um, the wide receiver. I can't remember what his name was. He went to the coaches and told the coaches, yo, Coach Brown needs to chill out because, like, I think he was, like, really – especially with Malik, like he was really going hard on Malik Henry and the coach, the, the player was trying to explain to the other coaches that, yo, some of us don't, we, we don't, you know, we don't accept that. We don't react to that. Well, that's not, that's not what we need. You know, we, we right. not, not saying that we need to be coddled and, and, you know, and, and soften and, and don't get it twisted. Every coach in America cusses. But there's a difference between what other coaches do and what this guy does. This guy was like obscenities on steroids 20 times over. You know what I mean? Um, it, and it just as a father and, and as a and having a son that played football and wanted to go to college, if I would have sent him to Independence College under Coach Brown and saw the interactions with my son the way I saw him with other players. I probably would have taken a trip to Independence and had a real man-to-man -man conversation um, with Coach Brown, just because you can't you can't constantly do this to black men, and it was a lot of constantly doing this, and 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 those times where he were like, "Well, well, if you don't like it, just just get out, just leave, go home." I I, I didn't like the way that he, you know, that that bothered me a lot watching that show mm -hmm. that's also where you're from mm -hmm. because some people live that lifestyle where yeah. that's where they get at home you know that's they constantly mm -hmm. getting that so he might have been able to touch one or two people because that's what they needed but you need checks and balances you, and you need to, a complete round table like like latonya she's very um sage and um hot tea-ish your, your tone <laughs> your your vibe is very peaceful but you are that. straight to the point. So, sweet you know. Tea. And it would right. be sweet tea. It would be sweet tea. It would be like sweet what you're drinking. <laughs> it would be sweet tea. So everybody needs a piece of all of these things, but you don't need too much of right. one thing yeah. to make you successful. So in my last six minutes that I usually get to talk, Latonya, <laughs> Um, there's a woman piece. So you are, you, you did, th how did you get to where you are? Like, what was your career path? You're a life coach. You have your teaching thing. You have your yoga and med 
Like, what was the order that these things fell in your lap? First, through prayer. I, I always ask God to open up doors and opportunities for me. I always ask God to, to work through me, speak through me, and put me in the places and positions that I should be in to show his glory. I, 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 that's my prayer. And I've always had a, a, a knack to want to serve and want to help others. And it has just fallen in line this way. Um, I've obtained, well, I know I used to work, well, volunteer as a uh, community advocate for the juvenile uh, system in Chattanooga, And from there, I got my degree in English. And then as I was teaching, I thought, I need to add some life coaching here because some of these people, um, young adults, they need some life coaching along the way. Now, did I just sit down and have life coach sessions with them? No, I integrated some aspects to help them move forward. Um, from there, and after having craniotomy surgery, my life just, I would say my soul opened up even more. I journeyed within and found a deeper me outside of the labels. Like I said, I, I named off, I'm a teacher, or you make it the yoga instructor, but my soul is much bigger than the labels that I carry. And everything has just fallen in place. Awesome. That I'm able is there to something you haven't touched? I'm sorry, not my position, I'm able to serve others. I'm sorry? Where do you think your next step in your journey will be? Hmm. Where do you want to go that you haven't touched, but you have the skill set for? Pastor. Oh, <laughs> you know, I thought about politics, but I don't, I, I, you know, I have to go country. I don't know if they're ready. <laughs> right. Right. Um, yeah. I, Why? I'm a That's your need of advocacy. How does politics tie in to what you do? You're, you're, you are an advocate by nature. Is that what the connection is? Why would you even look at politics? What's attractive? Because it's, it's serving the greater good of people. Serving. And because I'm just, right, I'm just a regular person. I am a teacher. I'm an educator. And I, 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 I know how to tap into mind, body, and soul. Mm. And if I were to get into politics, because I am so grassroots, I, I'm here. I can listen to you. I know what it's like to be broke. I know what it's like to have tickets and never to want to experience that again. I know what that feels like. I know what it feels like when I have a, a child and he doesn't like school, but he's successful. So I know what I know what it feels like. In any way that I can help anybody, and I tell people any way that I can serve, allow me to. Like I would love to go on a mission trip and teach. Uh, in Africa or teaching South America for free just to help people who are illiterate become literate. It's just, it's in my spirit. I can't shake it or run from it if I wanted to. Mm. Mm, good stuff. And it is done. That's how that goes. You put it up. I feel like today's Amen. times, it's a, it, it's a good time for people that really want to help to 
to be politics. Like five years ago, if you really wanted to help people, you wouldn't do politics because the way it's set up, it's, it's set up so that you can't, just like our school systems to a certain degree. So I feel like now people are looking mm-hmm. for boots on the ground, organic people that are just like them, that just want to be able to live a healthy and wholesome life. And and that's the appeal to you. That's also your, your advocacy. Your li- now, with your life coach, who's your audience? Are you talking to young adults? Or do you ha- does it go beyond that? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Uh, young adults, um, teenagers, maybe 18 plus. Mm. 18 plus. Okay. Now, I like a little younger. That needs- okay. <laughs> well, let me say, I do have a children's book that I'm working on. Because if I'm an advocate on the show to read and have a book club, I thought I need to write a book, so I am working on my first children's book. I saw that. That's awesome. He is like your number one fan. Like, do you have a fan club? <laughs> he saw the books, the ponytails. Like he knows everything. <laughs> Nina, I'm not. Nina, I'm really not. I'm really not exaggerating when I tell you that I've probably watched that between the season in East Mississippi and the two seasons in Independence Canada, I've literally, I've literally probably watched that like 10 times. Yeah, um, I know how you it, are. It's not quite drink champs. Yeah. But and it, yeah. Oh, it's far from drink champs. <laughs> but I know how you are when you like right. something. You're really excited And it's one of those things where, you, where it's easy to sit down and, and not realize that you watch five or six episodes. You know what I mean? Like it, it goes, it, it, it keeps you that, you know, that much. And there's always that one person that kind of stands out as far as the education. Like, um, Miss P, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the first two seasons from East Mississippi, but the young lady, Brandy, who was the, um, I don't know, she was like the person that made sure that all of the guys had to stay on track in order to graduate on time. Um, these, like, right. She was, you know, she was that person that, that made sure, okay, these are the classes that you need. This is what you need to do to graduate to get, you know, and to qualify in order to be able to go to the division one schools. And I like the fact that Netflix chose to focus on people like you and her, because in the midst of all of this football stuff that's going on and these guys who come from various backgrounds and have ended up at these schools because of various reasons, whether it was the lack of education or getting in trouble when they were in division one schools, at the end of the day, football should be the, that the, the one A, because the the one, or, or I'm sorry, football should be the one B, because the one A, which is the educational part, is going to be the main part in them being able to be eligible to go back to the schools that they're trying to get to. So I love the fact that they chose to, that they chose to highlight people like you and Miss Brandy on the first few seasons. But my question is, how long have you been gone from independence and what made you go back to Georgia, because until you told me the other day, I didn't even know you were back. I thought there was a time difference, so I thought that you were going to be like three or four hours behind us. Remember, we talked about that. Right, right, right. <laughs> no, I'm back in Georgia uh, just to be close to the family. Due to COVID, uh, I'm strictly online again because of the craniotomy last year. I don't want to be around you know, a lot of people because my immune system and so on and so forth. So it's best that I'm teaching online right now. And Crediotomy, say it again. What was the procedure? Crediotomy? 
What oh, was the procedure that? Can you tell me what that is? Yes, it's it's a it's brain surgery. When I had to have it, yeah. When I had to, well, basically, I went to. You know, this is another conversation. I think I commented this about it. Anyway, when the doctor came in and said, "Yes, we have to perform craniotomy on you," and I thought, oh, "Okay," he said, "We're going to make an incision in your head. We're going to pull this down and pull this back." And I thought, "Here we go." And yes, my head just exactly. started hurting at the thought of you that. Got a headache, right? That's from the thought, right? Right. Mm. And you know the the moments before surgery, I think I'm up here dancing like, okay, about to go to craniotomy surgery. I'm good. God got me. <laughs> because God got me. How long ago was it? <laughs> Last year. Last year. Do you notice Last anything year. different in how you think? Well, let me tell. <laughs> After was that surgery, another I show? <laughs> That's another show. That's it is another, another show. show. Okay. Okay. I would love to continue that conversation because it's so many people that have these like brain issues that um, I, I don't know if it's because it's my age or not, but I'm starting to notice that, you know, okay, this is bigger than what I thought. You know, I used to think that was rare, but mm. I, I'm seeing a lot of people my age actually going through that type of surgery. So yeah, mm -hmm. mental note, note to self, we can, hook up on another venue or avenue so that we can complete that conversation. I mean, we, we could always bring it back yeah. for part two. Right, right. For that, because I, I've got, you know, shouts out to Doreen. I don't know if you know her, but she's battling a brain issue right now in the house community and she's really big in the house community. So we're, we, you know, we're, life can be disposable. We're so quick to do things and so quick to detach. So when you actually land in that minute, in that moment, it's, it's some hard work that has to be done there because you have to, to deal yeah. with it. So, and I think that's a lot mm -hmm. of what we are doing with COVID and a lot of what we are not doing because we got a lot of time, but we're still afraid to sit in that moment to see what, what this whole thing means to us beyond what we're seeing on television. Um, so if I was in my twenties and I feel like I want to be just like you when I grew up, Give me some advice. <laughs> That's going to be good. I know. <laughs> I would say 20 years old, I would ask you a few questions. First of all, what are your goals? To be just like you. Um, be just like me. Mm -hmm. um, you say first, what are your goals? I have to interview you. Okay. I have to find out your game plan. I have to find out your mental. I may even, before I even advise you, I probably say, hey, let's go have lunch. Hey, let's go do something else. Because now I need to see how you interact, not only with me, but with other in different people. surroundings. With your mm -hmm. waitress. Right. So a part of you is very spiritual. Do you feel like that's a yes. part of your conversations in business endeavors? Where the person is spiritually. Definitely. Definitely. I do not deny God at all. So that's that's and your I, center. I, right. That's my center. That's my peace. Um, that's who I am. So I do not and I will not deny God. Gotcha. So in order yeah. for me to be mm -hmm. just like you, when I grow up, 
I have to identify what my core is, what my spirituality is, what my relationship is with my God. So in order for me to be able to do all this other great stuff you do, I can come back to my center. So if you're not prepared spiritually, you may not be able to be just like you when right. you grow up. Correct? Right. Correct. Right. Am I perfect? Of course not. Do I, do I look for a mentor? Of course, because I love wisdom. I love knowledge. I will never say I've reached the point. I don't need any help. That would be foolish of me to say that. But for me to be like me, you have to know who you are on the inside. And you have to be open to receiving who you are on the inside. And if there's something that needs to be changed, pray for it, meditate over it. And change that because change can come, but it only has to happen within. Nobody else can change you. Nobody else can change you. Are you changing? Really Are you still changing? Are you still open I'm to change? What's yes. your birthday? I do I never blocks. So I'm constantly evolving, changing, learning, growing. Like I bought a guitar the other day. Nice. I got drums. What's your birthday, Latanya? October 4th. I'm the same as my father's. The yeah, same as my father's. Yeah, you're good people. You're good people. So if you didn't die or anything, but if we had to live off of some words that you left us, what are they? Latonya always said, or if I don't remember anything she ever said, I will remember this. Don't use the N-word. Oh. Good one. Say, I would say, make someone else smile, but first yourself. Mm -hmm. I tell my boys that make your, make someone else smile, but you have to make yourself smile first. Because if you're not happy, it, it it won't come out. Make yourself smile first. That's real. So. To not keep you here all Saturday afternoon, as I definitely because could. he could, because I definitely could. <laughs> um, I, I I would love to. Um, and plus, I know Nina um is getting ready to hit the road or hit the air. I don't know how she's leaving, but she's getting ready to leave me here in Baltimore while she goes and has some R and R somewhere. <laughs> you heard what she said. R and R is necessary. Yeah, yeah, the same thing. She didn't say leave Mr. Antoine while you go get it, though. <laughs> you got it. Watch television. Watch Netflix. You be all right? No. Um, well, see, next time you have to invite me along with you, Nina. <laughs> I do that. I really do. I try to take people with me on my little journeys. This one is completely a shutdown. Like, the whole world is doing all kinds of stuff. That it, I have to, in my overthinking, shut it completely off. I need to go back to me, yeah. not what people think I am or right. what I do. Right. I need to go have a talk with myself. Yes. By the way, yes. Miss P, if you ever if you ever decide to get married, Nina can marry you, and and she can also uh, she can also set up your your reception and all of that kind of stuff. So keep her in mind when that lucky man comes along. So we are talking about Zoom weddings now, how to make them legal. Yes. So. <laughs> okay. That's where I'm going. Hey, 
So we got so we got so we got a seafood date set up with Melba Moore when she comes to Baltimore. Right. Right. And now right. we're gonna make sure that we that we get you and Miss P working together some kind of way. Or if right. she ever comes up north and comes to Baltimore, we'll make sure we that we take care of you. I got soul stuff, so what? I can make sure that your soul is good while you're here. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Um, Miss P, we would love everything. It's a meditation. Mm-hmm. The smells. Oh my the sights. God. I got about an acre and a half land on my my house. You can see the sunrise right there. You can touch it if you want to. Like things that really oh, affect wow. your soul. Yeah. So you want to leave me the keys while you're gone? Sure. Watch this cat that been in here the whole time, like jumping on stuff that I've kept out of the picture. You just, so you just yeah, watch you, that cat. You just messed it up with the cat. But Miss <laughs> P, we we um we definitely would love to bring you back for part two. So um, can we communicate through email and and try to set up another day um and time that we can bring you back on? Um, if Saturday is the best for you, we just have to find a Saturday when Nina's not busy. I Nina. pray for that. <laughs> well, we will love you. Bro. Tell it to him. I'm coming in at that time. She might have just got in. She might have just got in like 10 minutes right. before the show started. Right. Right. <laughs> right. And I really want in our next um, endeavor, I really want to um, talk about your yoga. And your yeah. meditation. People yeah. need ways to cope. And yeah. I feel like that's a piece that you can have some really healthy input on. Absolutely. Definitely. I would love to come back. It's been a pleasure speaking to you both. Thank you. So you on behalf of Access Granite. Hold up. Stop. Because he don't do the intro or the extra. Go ahead. Miss P, when you get an opportunity, can you just can you just um Send me a couple of dates and times that you're available and we can I can get back to you and coordinate with Nina and we can make sure that we can get you back for part two. Yes. Yes. Okay. A quick one. So Brilliant. besides Netflix, Last Chance You, seasons three and four, how do people find you? How do they connect? I'm on Facebook. I'm on Facebook at Latanya Peter. I am on Twitter at Latanya CLC for Certified Life Coach, Latanya CLC. And Instagram. Your name, Latanya Pinker. Listen to your fan. He know. I know it. Trust me. <laughs> he know. This your name. Know. <laughs> this your name. Somebody hit my account a couple of weeks ago. Oh, wow. Yeah. And unlike some people, she actually replies to your to your messages and emails and stuff. So, and it's actually her and not a representative. So, nice, good stuff. Access Grant. No, nice. The show came out. Every email, every message, everything that I've received, I've tried my best to respond to each and every person. Because if you've taken the time to to say thank you for being who you are, then it's just common courtesy in my manager to say, no, thank you. I appreciate you reaching out. See, that's I, that. I, I that's, that's, that's that Southern Everybody. bell. That's that Southern bell cook? that you Can don't you know cook? about, Nina. Can she cook? What kind Can of question? What? What kind of question is that, Nina? I'm thinking we visiting her. I think that's what's happening. Or at least go on live so we can see you or something. 
I'm so hungry. Oh, you know what? That could be another show. That could be another show. But oh my god, I love to cook. Butter is my best friend. Um, I have my seasonings. I like. Oh, I'm I'm just now really getting into different herbs and spices. But can I cook? Yes, ma'am. Oh, a that too asked that question. And, and Nina, you know my wife is from Columbus, Georgia, so I'm down that way all the time. If Miss P give me the address and tell me to stop over, it's on. I'm stopping. Oh, you know I'm from Baltimore, so that means I could. <laughs> Grow weed, I guess. Cooking ain't <laughs> on my. I don't know. I don't know what we famous for here, in Baltimore. Seafood. What do you mean? Oh, seafood. Yes. Yeah. Yes. They do eat that down there. What are you talking about? Okay, I don't know anything about the kitchen, Juan. It's That's on a different level. Show. Now, I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't go down to where she is and ask for a crab cake because they don't have obey seasoning. They don't. Well, that too, but. The, the places that I've gone to outside of Maryland and asked for crab cakes, it's just not the this crab thing. cakes that I'm right. used to. So that's like, if you're from New Orleans, you don't go to other places and ask for gumbo because, crawfish. you know, or right. crawfish yeah. or whatever. So, right. you know, but yeah. Right. So yeah, we're, we're definitely going to um, do a part two to this. And I, I am so appreciative of you just taking some time out and just thank you for always being receptive and responding because... A lot of people don't, but that is what it is. But um, I, I love the work that you're doing, and I, I just want you to keep going. And we're definitely going to get a part two so we can get you up in here again. And we're going to talk about yeah. the yoga. And we're going to talk about the breathing techniques. I need all of that. I, I right. need all of that. I, right. Everybody does. Everybody. I, I need it all. I need it. I need it bad. What was what was that? I got you. It's a girl thing. It's a black oh, okay. girl oh, I got you. thing. I got you. <laughs> okay, appreciate it. Hey, so, Tom, I got something. I made up. We got to practice on her. Okay. So you know how I am about the intro. The extra. What is it called? Outro is thank you for granting us access. What do you think? Woo! What do you think? Oh. <laughs> I like that. Thank you. I made it up. I made it up. <laughs> All right, we'll we'll use that. We'll use All that right. tomorrow, man. For those of you that are watching, and Miss P, if you are a fan of the R and B group High Five, make sure you tune in with us tomorrow at eight PM. We'll be back for another. Yes, eight PM. Gotta get the Ravens. I get the Ravens game out of here. You made the time, Nina. You agreed to the time. They made the time. You agreed. You should have said no. <laughs> but yes, we'll be we'll be uh we'll be speaking with uh legendary RB group high five. And um also on this Wednesday again at eight o'clock, Nina. So I hope you're back in town by then. Um, we will be talking to former Harlem Globe Trotter. Um, Charlie Chu Smith, who's from Baltimore, um, and he's doing a lot of great things. So I'm looking forward to both of these interviews. And Miss P, thank you again. Um, we'll definitely be in touch to get you back up here for part two. Um, Nina, I love you. Safe travels. Don't do nothing that I wouldn't do. I don't know if that's even worth me saying, but um, everybody, man, just have a, a safe and, and pleasant weekend, man. We enjoy um, all of the love that we've gotten from Facebook. I'm going to go back and look at um, some of the comments that we've made. And that's it for me. Um, thank you for granting us access. We love you thank guys. You. We'll see you tomorrow Bye. at 8 o'clock. Happy New Year.
Happy New Bye. Year. Bye-bye.